Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. <laughs> All right, welcome on board. Don't, don't, don't start on me this morning. <laughs> and no trouble. <laughs> We're not looking for trouble. All right, welcome on board, everybody. It's Deputy KOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe. Buenos dias. Is uh, directly across me. And Como di- esta? Diametrically opposed to all common sense measures currently being talked about in Washington, D.C. I just asked how you were in Spanish. Do you know that? Oh, word? muy bien. Muy bien, gracias, usted. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, what he said. Muy bien. Yeah, my Spanish is a little rusty. My French is terrible. My German fell apart. You knew German, did you? Uh, Well, I took German classes in college. It was part of my fancy liberal arts education. Well, what did that get you? Well, I could. Uh, I knew a few words when I came Gesundheit. home for Thanksgiving break and could talk to my dad. Yes, yeah, Gesundheit was one of your favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Don't a let us bit. interrupt your sipping your coffee well, this morning. Well, hey, you're, you're a little wound up. I'll just let you continue. Uh, I have to take a day off tomorrow. So I know you I, do, and Steve's going to be here. Right, so you guys look forward to a real Democrat tomorrow, and you can resume having him for lunch. Or well, he had me for lunch sometimes, too. Well, that's true. He's As you remember what our old engineer, Harry Bingaman, used to say, some days you eat the bear, some days the bear eats you. <laughs> <laughs> what is? I think it's a country song. Sometimes you're the bug. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you're the windshield. Right, <laughs> okay. right. All right, 1-800-795-9565. So some days you're the Joe, and sometimes Joe gets you. So we'll see which which is which uh, tomorrow. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. It is December 7th, 2021. Which anniversary 80 years is this? ago. 80, okay. Yeah, that's not too hard to figure that one out. Right. That 1941 2021. Mm-hmm. A day which will live in infamy. Right. The attack on Pearl Harbor, which uh, I'm reminded was intended to stop the war, to vanquish us once and forever. Wait, no, it was actually intended to hold up America for about a year. Okay. And it would have done that if Admiral Nagumo had actually launched the third strike and taken out the repair facilities and the oil supply at, at uh, um Pearl Harbor, but he uh, he felt he had a big enough victory as it was, so he turned around and left. He also did the same thing at Midway. Uh, Admiral Nagumo was one of our best assets in World War II. <laughs> right, his inability to pull the trigger under certain circumstances. Yes, right. And because of that, many of the ships that were at Pearl Harbor were rebuilt. How fast? I think they only lost two ships in their entirety. Um, of course, the Missouri. and uh, But they did, they, they took them up, got them up off the bottom, and Refloated them. Okay. Yeah, I think they might have scuttled more than just two, or two were destroyed. Well, I'm talking about capital ships. But the, uh, um, but in any event, the time frame to rebuild 
war damage ships was what? Oh, I don't remember. They worked very quickly. Okay, I mean, they, like they within didn't, a the year. The repair facilities weren't destroyed. Like I just said, if Admiral Degumo had launched that third strike, um, they might have been taken out, and we might have we might have given Japan the year it needed to solidify its gains, and we might have sued for peace. So mm-hmm, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Didn't but, work out uh, that way. But though. as it turned out, a lot of these ships were rebuilt and were back in service. Yes. We'll say within a year, though, we don't know the precise time well, frame. What's really the miracle is that how fast we tooled up for war, and by the end of it, well, we have four carriers in the Pacific at the start of World War II. By the end of World War II, we must have had like 100. Mm. And we had a lot of carriers because the American, the American industry responded and built built us up. I don't think we could do that today. I don't think we have the capacity to do that today. All American uh, industrial leaders and Americans stepped up. Well, look at how Ford, which was making cars, switched over to making tanks. You know, companies that made private airplanes made fighters, and it, it was an incredible effort. Well, they call it the greatest generation for a good reason. Well, and for that reason, you can uh, find uh, Singer, the sewing machine company that made Colt, well, no, they weren't Colt 45s, they were 45 caliber handguns during the war. Yeah. And so did uh, Ithaca Guns, which is a sporting uh, shotgun and rifle company that was in New York. They also made the 45 caliber handguns. Uh, they retooled so that they could produce those. They're actually pretty rare, and they sell for you know three thousand, four thousand dollars now. Well, in addition to the indus- industrial complex in America that really made the war winnable, you can't overlook the contribution of the railroads. Literally, okay. I mean, they did miracles getting stuff where it needed to be. I mean, and no computers. And signals, signal systems that were at best nowhere near today's good standard. Right, mechanical and human operated. Right, and steam engines. They didn't have the diesels, they had steam mostly. They had some diesels, but mostly steam back in those days. And we watched our coastlines and our airs. We had the our Coast air. Guard, yep. We had civilians out, out there looking at the coast, and we had Coast Guardsmen looking at it. Matter of fact, it was a Coast Guardsman who discovered the six Germans who were landed by submarines on the East Coast with the intent of blowing up things and doing sabotage. Okay. And who did that? Who? A Coast Guardsman caught them. They bribed him. He was smart enough to accept the bribe that they offered, and then uh, he immediately went back and reported it to his uh, superiors. One of our good listeners says Admiral Nimitz had the, some of the carriers on a training mission, and that was a big move as they were saved. They were outside. Yeah, they were out of Pearl Harbor. Saved from the attack. And actually, well, about two hours before the attack, there was an, an American uh, destroyer that spotted one of the Japanese submarines and fired on it and sank it. Oh, no kidding. So there were a little less damage there. Well, and I know when my lovely bride and I go to the Delaware Shore, you drive by the observation points that are there and some military defensive points. Well, I think Lewis and Cape May both had... Uh, Lewis, yeah. Lewis. It was Lewis or Lewis? I Lewis. thought it was Lewis. Okay. Mm-hmm. L-E-W-S. Mm-hmm. Lewis. Okay. Anyway, well, moving on. Whatever it is. But in any event, on both sides of that... They had uh, installations. You can still see the one at Cape May, or you could. Well, and one of them is a military installation where they've left some of the cannon there, or return cannons there, so you can see them on the coastline and how they were, you know, of course, faced out to sea and was part of our internal defense. And um, also, 
uh, just read something, but I'm not sure where I found it, but about uh, observation points uh, all over the U.S. to keep an eye on the sky. Civilians kept logs about aircraft that they saw. Well, that continued on and during the Cold War. I was a member of the Ground Observer Corps, okay. <laughs> the GOC. But you didn't always observe from a tower, just a high spot where you could well, see? Well, no, they had, they had places. There were different people. I was in the filter center where the reports came in, and you had a big map up on the a plastic map up on the wall and you would move the planes as they were reported and if you if you didn't have a report from the next group you would dead reckon the plane okay i mean they did a lot of lot of things during world war ii a lot of people most of the country put its life on hold for the duration. And the germans who were captured who intended to wreak havoc in the u.s. Uh, how many how many were like-minded that were stopped along the way, or s German subs that were well, I mean, sunk of course, off the East Coast? Well, I mean, there was German-American Bund uh, with Fritz Kuhn in the 19, late 1930s, that famous rally in New York City, Madison Square Garden. But, you know, a lot of those people modified their views after the war started. Okay. And German subs caught off the East Coast? How many of well, those? No, I don't know about German subs caught off the East Coast. I think there was maybe one. There okay. were certainly some that were sunk. But this was a German submarine that landed saboteurs on the East Coast. Okay. And uh, one of them actually turned, the only one who, was, who wasn't executed actually ratted on his compatriots and um, told the FBI exactly what they were there to do. But the Coast Guardsman's the one who found them and turned them in. And FDR's famous speech, a day of infamy day on of Pearl Harbor Day. Yep. Eighty years ago. And I still haven't been to the USS Arizona, but I will be. My uh, great daughter goes to Hawaii at least once a year for work. <laughs> it's actual work, although they take them there and they work them like crazy for two weeks, and then they get a week to wait till their plane ticket takes, takes it back. But in any event, uh, she says you have to go to Pearl Harbor. It is just, um, I think she called it just so moving and uh, and not well, magical, the Arizona but Memorial would be very moving. Right, right, right. Just the idea that uh, you can see. And, and there's another place near there. I, she didn't tell me where, but there's another ship, that, a U.S. ship that sunk near Pearl Harbor that's not in the harbor that's, in, you know, somewhere on that island that you can see that, too, either from an observation point or from the air. You can still see the ships. So. Well, I think Gordon Deal or CBS had uh, a veteran 101 years old on today who's in Pearl mm. Harbor for the anniversary. Okay. Yeah, a lot imagine of, that. Lot, there was a lot of effort to fly folks out there Yep. Uh, for that. Well, if anybody out there wishes to weigh in on this, we certainly would uh, entertain this early or on the show, the anniversary of uh, Pearl Harbor, and what uh, just a uh, critical pivot point it was in the U.S. for everything. There really is no aspect of U.S. life that was untouched by this. I remember this would probably be about 15 years ago, Union County Historical Society set up a display of not only military memorabilia, but also on the home front, what it was like with the rationing and, uh, you know, a quieter time and, of course, just radio to listen to, no TV to enjoy, uh, you know, trying to follow what was going on in yeah. newspapers and local radio. Well, what's ironic, though, is the Japanese actually intended to declare war before the attack on Pearl Harbor. And they had sent uh, like an eight-part message, I forget how many parts it was, to their embassy. And because the first part of it said, you know, get ready to destroy all of our documents and to make uh, make arrangements to close the embassy, they, they actually let people go, and they didn't have enough typists, and so they weren't typing it. And when the... When the Japanese ambassador and his assistant went to see Secretary of State Cordell Hull, uh, they intended to tell him that they were going to, we were going to war. But by that time, the attack had already taken place. 
And so the Jap it comes down as a sneak attack, but the actual intent was to let America know about an hour before the attack that it was going to take place. Huh. So we were, and we were warned. You, we talked about that. I'll get to sure. our sponsor one quick second, but we were warned in a couple of cursory fashions. Well, no, the the, the Americans had broken uh, one of the Japanese naval codes. I think it was Code Six or Code Red. I forget what the name of it was, but they actually, you know, had some indication. They knew that this last message was coming, and they had a pretty good idea what it was going to say because they had decoded the other parts actually before the Japanese did. Hmm. And so they were they were aware something was going to happen. But, you know, the Jap, it's like the Battle of Midway. They were able to do, deduce that by kind of a clever trick. But, you know, that they actually didn't know exactly where the target was in the Pacific, but they knew there was going to be something happen in the Pacific. And how decisive the Battle of Midway? Oh, I think that was a turning point, really. Okay. That was a turning point. For the war in the Pacific. Right. They knew something big was happening. That's an interesting story. A lot of people, if you watch the movie Midway, you'd know it, or it's certainly in all the history books. But they, they had a, the, the intelligence people had a suspicion that it was Midway. So they put out a, had the Midway, um, I guess, what crew there put out a message saying our, our water salinization plant is uh, not working well today. And the Japanese point put out a message that was decoded, that was coded and then decoded by our people that said, uh, in effect, they used the code AW or AF or something like that. AF is short of water today because of problems. Okay. And so that's how they knew it was Midway. Then from there, they were able to position their forces. Oh, okay. So it, it was, you know, Tricky. we were lucky we broke that code. All right. Well, folks, uh, yeah, like I said, you wish to weigh on this call immediately, 1-800-795-9565 on the Mark Sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. You can email us at on the mark at wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Uh, the keyword OTM won't work tomorrow because I won't be here, but Joe will be here. <laughs> It'll work, but I won't be able to figure right, it out. Right. You can send all the messages you want, but uh, Joe hasn't memorized the 20 steps that you have to do every seven seconds in order to keep the text operating. I could do the one step that the old system had. That right, well, no hit refresh. Yeah, that, <laughs> right, well, that, refresh, those right. days are gone. But text us now, 70236, uh, keyword OTM, and you're limited to 150 characters. So uh, that uh, sounds like my high school class, 150 characters. All right, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com. And again, Sunbury Motor Company is our sponsor. We would just love to hear from you today. Uh, we got open phones. Uh, we got Russia uh, ready to invade the UK, re Ukraine, but uh, Mr. Biden's going to fix that today. He's going to threaten Vladimir Putin, so of course uh, he won't do that early next year. So we can chit-chat about the old story that. about the Dutch boy with his finger in the dike? <laughs> the thought okay. of Joe Biden being the finger in the dike scares me. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, be best to put the hip boots on <laughs> if Joe Biden is holding your uh, is uh, preventing the flood in your town and let's see what else uh, we got cooking in the news today the omicron variant is here and we i still i've been following the cbs puts an update to every morning on cbsnews.com what you need to know about the omicron and i'm just waiting for something what there do you need to know to be well it's still blank okay just right. that it
it's spreading. It looks significantly different. It is thought to be more contagious. And there is just anecdotal information now that it may be just a little bit less resistant to the vaccines in terms of people getting the disease, but it doesn't seem to be significantly more severe. Well, now, aren't you concerned by Dr. Fauci's flip-flopping again? The five apparently tore, tore him apart last oh, night. Oh, dear. Okay. Because he started out by saying how how dangerous this was, and then he, when they had to back it off a little bit. You know, and they're, the point that they're making is that his flip-flopping and his speaking before he knows exactly what's going on is causing problems. Well, first of all, I, it, it's not him per se. He oh, might be one of the lead agencies, but he's just a spokesperson he's for the president's a wide chief range. Advisor. Right. No, I get that. I know. But it's not just him. The whole world is significantly worried about the Omicron initially. And then it turns out, I mean, one of the illustrations I heard over the weekend is that it's, if you're used to driving in, in traffic and you see cars coming the other way and all, the, all of a sudden you see an armored personnel carrier coming your way in in your lane would do you worry about that do you warn other people do you say and then it turns out that it doesn't hurt anyone significantly it doesn't run anybody off the road doesn't do anything it's just there and that's the same thing as the omicron final it looked so different it is so different 50 mutations it was obviously developed in some sort of a uh, uh, you know, a prolonged fashion. But do you remember and it turned what the out South to be Africans more, told but, us? But not significantly more dangerous. So do you warn what? about that, or oh, do you just listen. say, hey, don't worry about a do thing? Do you remember what the South Africans told us when they announced it? They told us that they were seeing cases of it that weren't very serious. They mm -hmm. weren't reporting death, destruction, right. doom, and gloom. And yet suddenly we have the mayor of, uh, the mayor of New York City now p imposing a draconian uh, what requirement that private businesses vaccinate people you have the governor of new york governor holkel declaring a state of emergency well and then there, that's there's not no evidence just that because these people of omicron are, that's because of the well she said it was because of omicron that's a factor but the big you know the delta is already infected 20 million times more people than omicron has but and what, is well, just as dangerous i mean look, look at me? our er's are full oh, sure. so so is there no end i understand you want freedom you don't want any shutdowns no, no, or anything i believe everybody should get vaccinated i think it's insane that a th we're having what a thousand cases a day again and mm -hmm. and well more the than nation. that well i thought i heard a, i heard a thousand a day was that here in pennsylvania i thought it was uh yeah all right so we're having a thousand cases a day most of the people who are getting them are unvaccinated <laughs> you know um, 6400 per per day in pennsylvania 6400 new cases per day yep. per day yep we had 20,000 over the weekend but that starts how midday many, friday all right how many unvaccinated people are there in pennsylvania i heard we were well over 50 percent yeah, uh, i think we're just over 50 percent well maybe that's here matt does such a comprehensive update here Oh, vaccinations. Come on, Matt. Where's your vaccination? Uh, he d actually, strangely enough, the vaccination paragraph isn't here this okay. time. But uh, All right, so you have all these well, people. Well, here we go. I'll read the last sentence here. It says, the State Department of Health says more than 15 million vaccine doses have been administered statewide. Uh, 1.6 million booster doses are out. 6.6 .6 million Pennsylvanians are fully vaccinated. 6.6 .6 million out of what's the population of the state? 10 million? 69.5% of adults are fully vaccinated. Okay, so, so almost 70%. So it's almost 7,000 new cases a day. How long is it before everybody who hasn't been vaccinated has, has gotten 
gotten the uh, COVID. Uh, that's actually, it's funny you would mention that's about three years it would take for, with our current level of precaution, which is light in some areas, but uh, heavier than others. And it would take about three years for everyone to get it through normal channels. And some people never would get it. Some people don't get it and can't get it. And a few people just don't circulate enough so that they would stay isolated and that they would never get it. So, but we'd be up to the 95, 98% range in a, in a couple of two, three well, years. I think it's concerning that the hospitals are slammed again. Um, sure. You know, it's it's sad. But I you say I, the New York, uh, in New York, they got the same thing going on. You say that's onerous and that's not right, the shutdown. They're requiring private businesses to, to vaccinate, vaccinate people. Right. Now, how many people are going to be fired because of that? You know, mm -hmm. sooner or later, we're going to be not having the virus if we go through this process, but there won't be anybody working, there won't be any services, there won't be anything you can get or buy well, because why? nobody will be working. That's ridiculous. Nobody will be working when 99% of most companies end up fully vaccinated when there's a mandate? 99%. Well, that's where, where, where did you get that number? Well, that's what it is at Geisinger and Evan, but they did... Well, those are medical facilities. You would expect right. that. Well, <laughs> okay, but they are privately run individuals. They're not publicly uh, we run got, what, hospitals. about 20-some people working here? How many are vaccinated? Every one of them? Uh, no, not every single soul on board has been vaccinated, but I, I don't I don't know who. I wouldn't name names if it did. Well, I but, wouldn't either. Uh, I'm not asking you um, to name there's names. There's a few that haven't been, but they're ultra-isolated, immunocompromised, perhaps, I guess, or uh, just adamant that, you know, it's not the right thing because of their, uh, you know, good viewpoints. And uh, so mo most people are around here. We haven't redone all of our protocols. You're not back in the tent yet. No, I know. The but tent. the tent is set aside. It's is it? Not it, it discarded. Could, it could come back. Huh? Right. Well, uh, you know, that, that could be. Honestly, most people in here are using common sense protocols. You see an occasional mask in the building, especially right. among visitors. Uh, everybody's keeping distance. Of course, the sanitation just never stopped. That continues. So, well, uh, we're about, what, three feet from each other? Uh -huh. Well, right. I think you and I... We're but we've both been vaccinated and boosted. And I always wondered, even with, with the tent there... We're both filling up this space for 90 minutes of, of breathing and exhorting, even though you were kept separate by a shield. It's still drawing air from in the room. You know, I always wondered if, you know, that. So I think you and I, but I'm in very light circulation, still not congregate worship, okay. still worshiping online, uh, still not going to any crowded facilities. The uh, how, how can you do that when you actually preach on Sundays? Well, I stay up at the. Uh, you don't get near the congregation. In the altar, right. So you, you don't you shake everybody's hand on the way out the door. No, and if you do <laughs> shake hands, the masks are back on and the hand sanitizers okay. back out. Right? Well, I have a friend of mine who went to a social gathering a very big social festive occasion around here. And after it was over, you know, he had been in close proximity to a lot of people. He got COVID. Hmm. You know, so I don't go where there are crowds. I mean, I, I do. If I do, if I go shopping or something like that, I stay away from people. You know, and I think you do that as well, right? Bob, okay. Our yeah, producer Garrett. is getting a little hysterical about well, us not no, taking the break. No, <laughs> it's just advice, Joe. It's not hysteria. You must be easily scared. I am. I'm All very right. frightened. one 800 Started out talking about Pearl Harbor. That's a fair game if you wish to discuss that. And uh, Joe's still concerned about any vaccine mandate anywhere at all no, whatsoever. not anywhere at all. For I'm anybody. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. All right. We will take a quickie break. Uh, ultra speedy dialers have to be lined up. 1-800-795-9565.
There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is here. Mr. Rob's on the other side of the glass. We, we don't want to miss him because he saved the day. Last hour reminding us that we do have to get a quick word in from our sponsor. We got open phones this hour. We had uh, one email related to COVID-19 and the vaccine. We can talk about that. The Omicron. Joe was mentioning that New York's got some partial shutdowns or no, scratch that, mandatory vaccine vaccination policies, which are extremely unpopular on both sides of the aisle. Uh, Many businesses and hospitals and entities have imposed them, and President Biden wants everybody with 100 employees or more to have a vaccine mandate. That's being fought. He also wants federal workers to have, and and contractors to have a vaccine mandate, so that's not going over very well. Congressman Keller's right in the very tip of that spear, trying to fight that particular mandate, along with Senator Joe Manchin. So that's some bipartisan so we can chit-chat about that. Uh, we did talk about Pearl Harbor. Of course, one of our good listeners sent me a note. says, Mark, not everybody's as fascinated about this as you are. So <laughs> I guess we talked too long about it. So, All right, 1-800-799. Well, that's sad because uh, this is really the defining moment in America's history as okay. far as I'm concerned. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is the open phone. Uh, our show is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and we do have one new email so thank you sir and uh, you can text us at 70236 include the keyword OTM some very brief news headlines some grant funding is going to pour onto the Knight Celotex site in Sunbury uh, where the $2 million grant will be used to establish water, sewer and gas natural gas upgrades there also the ability to install a traffic light if necessary and add rail lines later will be included in that $2 million grant, also $1 million to that former rest area along Route 11 in Point Township, uh, probably, uh, what, north of uh, Point of uh, Northumberland, like maybe east of Northumberland, uh, is where Button Holdings, Inc. and Cedar are working together to get a propane butane uh, off-loading site there from rail onto truck. A lot of Valley residents already know this, but I'll go ahead and say it. Electric rates are going up 
that was due to several market conditions, really the rising cost of the energy supply sources, particularly natural gas, um, as well as really just overall inflation. That is Tracy Witter, Regional Affairs Director for PPL Electric Utilities. Uh, she says rates are going up about 26 uh, percent. PPL Electric also, she wants to remind folks, has all kinds of aids for individuals to help pay their electric bill. As Joe and I mentioned, about 20,000 new cases of COVID-19 over the weekend. That's about 6,400 per day. As for hospitalizations around here, Geisinger Danville is up to 100 23 patients on board, just 10 of whom are on ventilators, uh, which is a uh, lower percentage uh, than previous surges. Evangelical Community Hospital has a total of 50 uh, COVID-19 patients, so that would be a slightly lower number of COVID-19 patients at Evangelical Community Hospital. If you are burdened by the federal expense of funerals, FEMA is reminding Pennsylvanians that there is some COVID-19 money that's available to help pay for funeral expenses. So, see, now this disproportionately helps Republicans. I don't think you should do really? that. How? Well, because because they won't get vaccinated, they die more. The federal. I would think you'd be at least not appalled by that fact. <laughs> oh. I, I'm sad that anybody dies. I am too. It's but just a shame that it has disproportionate aid to Republicans. So where, where did you get that statistic? Is that in the news story that Republicans no, are dying? No, no that is true. That's a true statement nationwide. But um, still, I mean, that's their choice. They get the freedom, freedom, freedom to expire. I guess is uh, what they're enjoying. But anyway, the FEMA, all the way back to the news story and what it does say, uh, FEMA says under the Coronavirus Response and Relief Supplemental Appropriation of 2021 financial assistance is there for some families deemed eligible if they have COVID-19 related expenses. Uh, Let's see, the Biden administration says it won't send any diplomatic or other representatives to Beijing Olympics or the Paralympics for that matter. And finally, parents knowingly send their kids to school with COVID-19. Now 70 other kids are in quarantine. A mother and a father near San Francisco are in hot water after knowingly sending their kids to school with COVID. At least seven students now at the elementary school have tested positive and 75 are in quarantine. The mom and dad could face charges. You asked about that. Yeah, right. they could face All charges. All traced to this, these, the two kids that they sent to school. Well, every single case. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't see how that would be feasible. Well, I guess, I guess you could have a super spreader kid that gets uh, in the face of uh, lots of folks. 1-800-795-9565. Stan, thanks for waiting through the headlines. Go right ahead. You're on the mark. Good morning. Uh, with all this, you know, talk about vaccine mandates and all that from the federal government, because the government says hospitals have to have their employees vaccinated, correct, because they get government money, and uh, and these other uh, government contractors have to get the vax, get their people vaccinated because of government money. My question is, are the people on public assistance that get government money mandated to get vaccinated? I haven't heard that. Well, that would be onerous. You really shouldn't require people to get vaccinated. Oh, oh Mark. <laughs> Mark. Yeah, I have not Mark, heard Mark, that. Mark, what, Mark, What about people who receive I, 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 I don't know the question. I'm Medicare. thinking the answer would be no, just like they don't require the illegals crossing the border and being spread throughout the country to get the vaccine, correct? <laughs> I don't so, know. So if, if, if that's going to be the case, 
isn't there a problem there? Because you're going to force the people that actually pay the taxes to to fund these people that are on public assistance. Either they get the vaccine or they lose their job. Mm -hmm. But the people that receive the money, that's okay. They don't have to. Now, I'm going to put it out there. I don't know 100%. I'm leaning towards the, the answer is no, they aren't required. Because that's just the way the government works. Because, hey, that would be going against their civil rights, just like them getting drug tested the people in welfare is against their civil rights, although they're getting taxpayer dollars. So, you know, you can't have it both ways, is the way I look at it. Oh, you can if you're a Democrat and a liberal. Oh, is that how it works? Is that how it works? Oh, okay. I'm, well, I'm sorry. I don't want to be unfair I, to the mistaken. Democrats. I mean, a lot of this stuff is designed to try and, you know, solve problems, but there are always unintended consequences, and that's where a lot of this stuff really comes What's out. an unintended consequence of what? Uh, you know, what, tyranny. T- well, I guess you could say tyranny if you want to look at it that way. You're trying to do one good thing and then other bad things come up as a result of it. Right. But I, whenever you say government mandate, I mean, honest to Pete, you, you better really think it through. And, and I, I, The and, words I hate most are unfunded mandates. <laughs> <laughs> well, these aren't unfunded. These folks can get their vaccines they're, they're for funded, free right. like everybody else. But um, I understand what you're saying, and, and that makes a little bit of sense. But the trouble is, is that individuals who receive government subsidies don't require any action with the government. So I think that may be part of well, it. What do, you, what, do you, what do you mean they but don't they, require yeah, any do action mean? with the government? Well, you don't have to sign up for things in person now. You can do a lot of that online. And likewise, individuals who receive <laughs> their Social Security benefits or Medicare benefits, you don't do that in person anymore. You can. So that's, so that's the excuse. No, I'm asking. They don't I'm have speculating. to show up to... Re- I'm speculating. See, you have to understand, you have to actually listen for a second, Stan. I'm speculating that that may be a reason because, for example, we know folks that receive uh, the, the modern-day food stamp, the precise name escapes me now oh, but you sign up right you sign up online so i'm speculating that may be whereas government employees and government contractors have to interact but in does person. anybody ever verify who you are whether you're eligible uh, probably initially yeah there may have been go ahead stan oh come on joe they don't verify anything otherwise you wouldn't have you know uh, hundreds of thousands of illegals crossing the border and being spread throughout the country but that's a whole other story but I, I don't know, Mark. That's why I called and asked the question, are they? And I don't care how they have to get the assistance or what the reasoning is. You're if just worried about the being, dollar. Okay. If they're not being mandated to get it, it's wrong. If, right. if they're going to mandate that all these people working in the hospitals that get Medicare and Medicaid payments from the government to keep the hospitals afloat have to get it, their employees have to get it. Well, maybe another difference they, is that they're entitlements, so we call them entitlements, and so oh, they, they don't come squat. with additional strings attached, whereas government workers and uh, government contractors, those aren't entitlements, those I don't, are just you know, I wages. I don't like that word. They used to, do, in the Middle Ages, they used the word benefice, which means something you're given. It's a benefit to you. Okay. I don't think it's an entitlement. I don't think I'm entitled to anything. Maybe under the law I am, but it makes it sound like this is something that I'm owed. Word. That I'm owed. That that somebody actually needed to give this to me, but it's not. It's a benefit. Wouldn't you agree, well, Stan? Yes. I mean, they're not entitled to anything. That's that's the way I look at. It. Unless they're willing to go out and work for it, they're not entitled to anything. That that's that's where I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. 
What's another reason maybe individuals who receive some government entitlements shouldn't or aren't being required to get vaccinated? I'm speculating that because one is entitlement, the other is wages or that. uh, Well, that would be the ultimate mandate, wouldn't it? If you want your federal benefits, you have to be vaccinated. Now, that seems, I think, eminently fair if we're going to say to business people, you have to have everybody in your employee vaccinated. I would say it seems equally as unfair, but not more so or less so. I wouldn't say it's really fair. I mean, Remember I, I the old song, Love you and should... Marriage, you can't have one without the other? Well, that's what I think we're dealing with here. <laughs> fair or unfair, it shouldn't happen. Right. The government should not, not be mandating anything. Stan, I agree with you. Well, you know, they mandate you pay taxes, Stan, but then the amount of taxes well, you pay different. is up up in the air. So, I mean, there are things that are, we're obligated well, to do as citizens, up. but I don't think that well, going against our personal beliefs... Uh, should be one of those requirements uh, where it's optional. Right. I mean, I, I understand the tax part of it. I don't understand all the tax spending that they're doing, that they need all the tax money, because if we look through the Constitution and most of the stuff that they're spending that money on is nowhere to be found. But, you know, that's the problem that's the genie that's been left out of the bottle a long time ago. <laughs> yep. And I don't know how we ever get it back in. All right. Well, if you figure out a way, let me know, will you? <laughs> okay, I guess Get my three genie. wishes ain't counting. Ah. I can't even pound the cork back in the wine bottle. <laughs> yeah, his, his issue right. is uh, how, do we get, how do we get the genie back in the bottle? All right, 1-800-795-9565. Uh, we got uh, email, Joe. You we have a read? call coming in, too. Okay. Uh, all people who are dry, who are dying from COVID are unvaccinated. B.S. Not all, 99%. Okay. Um you aren't even considered vaccinated until 14 days after the jab, and you're not considered vaccinated 90 days after the jab. That's why it's not a true vaccine. They had to change the definition of vaccine to accommodate this shot. I'm not against getting the jab if you want it. It may, in fact, add some protection against the virus. But for those of us that have natural antibodies from already contracting the virus, there is no reason to get it. I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it because it becomes more and more clear. It's more about control than health. All right. Well, first of all, two points. One is that the definition of vaccine has always been wrong for smallpox and for diphtheria and for everything. It always says that it eliminates the disease, which that's not true. All of those ailments have breakthrough infections. Second, so the definition was always wrong. But uh, secondly, and this is this great listener probably knows this, I'd like to see a study that relates to the strength of antibodies from having the virus. People who have them and conservatives say they're ridiculously strong, but I'd like to see some science to back that up. I, you know, I just haven't seen it. It may exist. Every study in the world may say, well, if you have natural immunity from having had the ailment, uh, that's 20 times stronger than vaccines. So good for you. I would love to see that too. I just haven't seen that. Have you? Have you ever seen an empirical study that related to the fact that natural antibodies are significantly stronger? Well, I've heard people talk about it. Right. So I, yeah, I haven't I, seen personally the study. I don't read the Lancet or other medical journals, so I wouldn't have seen it. But yeah, I've heard I, people talk about them. I wouldn't think it would be true that you would have more protection, but uh, show us the numbers. Anybody know out there uh, how so, how much stronger is natural immunity versus uh, the vaccine uh, in the numbers? You know, how, what's your percentage of uh, less likelihood to get the disease again? All right, 1-800-795-9565 is the open phone. Email on the market, WKOK.com. 
There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing and can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Okay, go ahead, read that out. Okay. You are something else, Mark. You stir the pot, say something outrageous, and just wait for the fallout. Well, that's a comment from one of our listeners. Right. But look what Joe does. Look at the stuff he says. I don't, don't stir the pot. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're the original blank stir. Ask your police officers what blank stir means. Okay. okay. I think it has something to do with foul-smelling stuff, right? Right. All right. John from Mifflinburg is on the mark this morning. He's been waiting patiently through the break. John, good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, I was just thinking about... Uh, our public health system in this country uh, and you know I for one I'm really grateful that uh, you know we have the Center for Disease Control we have the National Institute of Health we have the Food and Drug Administration um, and we have Dr. Fauci you know he's terrific I, I think <laughs> I'm like uh, he, he's the favorite uh, uh, to uh, beat up for some reason by uh, uh, certain constituencies, but uh, I think, uh, you know, I don't know, I just feel grateful that, you know, I, I live in a country that we have all of this, um, all these resources, and, you know, the rest of the world, it's like many countries, it's like they have like a 2% rate of vaccination because they don't have any resources, they don't have a public health system, but we do, and, um, I don't know, like to, to, I don't know, this is kind of like pretzel logic somehow that um, to get a vaccine or to uh, protect yourself and your neighbor is somehow uh, a deprivation of freedom. I don't, I, you know, I just can't follow that kind of logic, or I don't think it's logical, but nevertheless, uh, so anyway, I, I think just that uh, we, we have the system in place, we have all of these resources, and I feel lucky. And that, um, um, and I'm for mandates. You know that we're mandated already for uh, kids uh, going to school. We, we uh, to just because we're adults, and um, you know this disease didn't come along. Be- you know when we were before we were born, I'm sure it would be on the list of all the other mandated vaccines, um, whether it's measles or mumps or rubella or hepatitis B, chickenpox. Uh, tetanus, diphtheria, these are all things that, you know, as a country, we, the, the, uh, the population, the citizens of this country, feel that those are good mandates, that if you want to have your kids go to school, they need to have all these shots. And, you know, I, I, 
if if you want to deal with logic, if you don't think that mandates are um, uh, uh, correct, then you have to work backwards, and then, then you throw the, all the vaccines out. But I think you know, a lot of the I mean, people, are, a lot of people, are concerned about the fact that this is fairly new stuff, and it's not a traditional vaccine, as some of our callers have consistently pointed out. And we're being told that we have to take it when the science, you can say, is not settled on this issue. Well, you know, the, when the polio vaccine came out, I think there was like the study was like like 1.5 million people were involved in it between the United States and Switzerland, and uh, that was enough. Uh, of a study of a sample group to uh, okay the vaccine and distribute it. Uh, we have, I think, over five billion uh, doses distributed worldwide. Uh, and to suggest then that that's not enough, you know, there's like a decadence to that, you know, that uh, nothing's too good for, I don't know, you know, that five billion uh, uh, samples. Uh, of uh, uh, people getting vac- vaccinated, it's just not quite, you know, to my standards. You know, well, I, I don't think I, I don't think that's the issue. The issue is long term, and we don't know what long term it will be until we actually ha- enter the long term. Well, if you survive and don't die or kill somebody you know, on your way out, you know, uh, then right. you, you know, right? And it's, it's like those I mean, these guys that go and kill people, you know, and then they get the. The, the cops to shoot them or they kill themselves and I was like, oh, if they want to die why don't they just go kill themselves, you know instead of taking people with them and it's the same thing I think with COVID in a lot of ways if you don't want to take, the, if you don't want to get, you know, get the vaccine, fine you know, you want to die and, uh, but the fact is, you're going to probably take people with you because it's contagious um, it's, uh, and, you know everybody, well, I don't want the vaccine but they're all, everybody ends up in the hospital you know, nobody sits in their lounge chair drowning in their own pus and fluid in their lungs when they get COVID. You know, everybody calls an ambulance. Uh, so, you know, it, anyway, I, I, I think, you know, for this country to uh, 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 have the, uh, what we have and then to turn, you know, to uh, turn, not accept it or to uh, find, you know, these kinds of... Uh, crazy like faults with uh, uh, it's simple there's a disease there's a vaccine and uh, take you take the vaccine and then it helps you and your neighbor not die and we can and it helps the economy and our national security and everything else uh, so and as far as like no mandates and stuff you know I had a draft number I mean if the government can come in, in my house and take me out of my house and you know ship me 3,000 miles across the, the world to shoot somebody, uh, you know, <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, to, to mandate a vaccine, if, and if, you know, if you don't want a vaccine, that's fine. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, go to restaurants or uh, uh, go to work or whatever. I mean, you can put up your own shingle and uh, uh, do whatever you want. Call yourself so, up. Huh? But you bear in mind, there were alternatives to the draft. You could be a conscientious objector. I mean, there's always a caveat somewhere down the line. And here, an absolute mandate doesn't allow for any caveats. Well, you know, if, you know it does it in the sense that if you don't have to do it. You, know, you don't have to participate in, you know, society. If you, well, uh, I don't have don't to work. To. I don't have to eat. I don't have to go out. No, you can work for yourself. <laughs> you, can, you, know, you can have your own uh, business. And, you know, there are alternatives. I mean, you can move to Afghanistan. I mean, that's a hell of a place. That's, that's like, I'm <laughs> sorry, uh, that, that, you know, you, could, you can go there 
they don't have any public health system there you know and you can do with your, what you want with your children as far as you know they don't have to get vaccinated in fact you can sell your children because they're starving you know uh, so there's no health care in afghanistan uh, they don't believe in science you know they, they have stone age you know ideologies that uh, they adhere to and uh, you know they go with that so there's, there's perfectly i mean there's places in the world that uh, that uh, you can go to uh, right. be really comfortable with no public health <laughs> no dr fauci no, no internet disease control no phones know? no lights no, yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, yeah. we got to hit the road. But thank you so much for the observation. Yeah, thank you, John. Appreciate, right. appreciate your call. You take, take care. care. You're in, and you're an island in Mifflinburg, too, I might add. But that's another topic. All right. Al, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting. Last caller before a quickie break. Uh, thank you. 27 times stronger is the answer. Uh, study out of Israel. Um, and John Hopkins, and they went through it. There's an article there. All you have to do is ask. All right, I'm asking. Send it to me, please. Thank you. That was easy enough. Seven times stronger. And then, uh, as far as mandate, I'll take any mandate that the senators and representatives have to do. And as far as health insurance, I'll take their health insurance. Whatever's good enough for my senators and my representatives are good enough for me. Well, what percentage of Congress is vaccinated? Well, they don't have to be vaccinated. Neither does their staff. They're exempt. There is carve-outs. Well, you, you're saying that they don't... That, but they're not imposing a mandate on us. Well, the mandate's being imposed by governors and by mayors. At the request of the president. Well, true enough. He's getting them to do their dirty. He's getting those people to do their dirty work. <laughs> if you want to go to Afghanistan, like the last guy said, you can go over there with the Americans that didn't get out yet. Our president is a disgrace to this country, and if we don't get rid of him soon enough, we're really going to have real problems throughout the world. Which president, Trump or? or no, I think he's talking current? about Joe Biden. Oh, Joe Biden. I got gotcha. you. Joe Biden, the president. I said. Okay. <laughs> I just so many people said just the opposite about the other president, but you never know which callers. Um, and they, they, I'd rather have a president they fear than you know. And if you get a little respect out of fear, that's fine. But they don't respect this guy, and they're gotcha. going to push us all over the place. And he's pushing everybody around, and they're blaming the United States people for this pandemic. And it came from China, and then. What happened to the Spanish flu? Where did the Spanish flu go? It's in Berwick? I don't know. Where is it? Back to Spain? (laughs) The Spanish flu disappeared by 21-22. A a flu um, mutates to be less killing, or whatever they call it, feral. And it doesn't want to kill the host. God made us that this will happen naturally on this earth and uh we're you know we're trying to we're trying to play god here and tell everybody what to do all right we got you anything else no 
Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We got two new texts, one of whom uh, sends us a link to cancer.gov, so we'll follow that up. That's an answer to my question. Uh, I haven't seen the science that relates to the COVID-19 antibodies being stronger than the vaccine, but uh, uh, one of our good callers, Al, says researchers in Israel say it's 27 times stronger, so. Would love to, he's going to share us that study with us, so we'll be looking forward to that. And another person sent us one from uh, cancer.gov, which is part of the National Institute of Health, so we'll look at that. Thank you. Appreciate that. 1-800-795-9565. We'll be right back. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Just read that top one. Hit delete then. And As our re- friend read the Tom says, one. the voice of reason from Mifflinburg, followed by the voice of mush from Northumberland. Says Tom. Oh, we deleted two. Let's go I'm to the sorry. call while I retrieve uh, the, e- the email. Dick from Milton, you're on the mark this morning. Hey, good morning. I just wanted to say that it was really refreshing to hear John from Mifflinburg actually come on there and talk some common sense. Very thoughtful, very thoughtful, but he's barking up the wrong tree when he's calling this show because even Dr. Martin, I think, was the guest guest on Friday. And right away, the host, Ben Reichley, and Dan, Dr. Dan from New Berlin came right back on him and just basically told him he didn't know what he was talking about, and so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, Reichley took him to... And even when Dr. Martin explained to Ben Reichley about, about the, the virus, the new virus, and then... Tried to explain to him that it, it takes a while sometimes to find out the exact stuff. It, studies have to be done. And then right away, basically came back on him and then later on said to another caller, well, basically they've already said it's not very, it's, it's not a very uh, viral uh, virus over in, uh, in uh, South Africa. So basically he's, whatever he reads, he believes. And whatever <laughs> Dr. Martin Says. tried to tell him, a professional healthcare worker, he didn't want to hear that. And, well, uh, and Dan, Dan's the same thing from New Berlin. He called in and questioned Dr. Martin also. I don't know why you have somebody like that on if, if the people don't want to believe him. I think the, uh, well, I didn't invite him. He was invited by the chamber to be part of their segment. Well, whoever, whoever invited him, <laughs> irrespective of that. Right. The guy's a healthcare professional, went to medical school. He didn't mm-hmm. just go to Mifflinburg High School or Juniata College. Not that there's he, anything he wrong. A, you know, that's my point. Okay. All right. We got you, Dick. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Dick. Yeah, appreciate the call. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, we have uh, about five new emails. So, Joe, you hit delete when you're ready for the next one. I don't know. I guess this is about me. WKOK has an obligation to operate in the public interest, convenience, and necessity. Having a co-host spreading false health information seems to be against the public interest. It's Who's probably that? against me. I, I think I said everybody who dies is unvaccinated, and we know that's not true. So, obviously, that's a oh, hyperbole. Okay. <laughs> but I'll say 99%, and then I'll take you guys a while to prove me wrong. Well, you know, my or it could be you. You've said things that well, are my, as I said before, my my feeling about partisan. this: we've both been vaccinated. We both had the booster, so we're not coming. Yeah, from so a place. is Ben. Ben had the disease, okay. and he's vaccinated. I'm just I'm just uh, making the case that that there is no long term uh, idea of what the effects of the vaccine might be, and it I agree with Dan. It's unusual for a vaccine to require all these boosters, you know, and it doesn't really stop it. But you look at smallpox, and you look at uh, polio, those both had 
serious consequences for everybody who got it. Mm-hmm. You know, COVID doesn't necessarily have serious consequences for everybody. Matter of fact, the studies show the overwhelming majority of people do not have serious Ro- consequences. Fully recover. For some people, it does have long-term impacts. Right, it certainly does. And, and those people, I think, are insane if they don't get the vaccine. Why don't we just stop, you and I stop spreading false information? False well, health information. How about if we do that? Well, what false information have we spread that's false? This is an opinion. Well, I think program. my s- exaggeration that everybody who dies is that was your opinion. <laughs> well, <laughs> I stated as a fact, and it was false. Okay. It's only ninety-nine percent. And then one of our emailers says, I would be very curious to know if Biden, Harris, and their followers would be getting vaccinated if Trump would have been reelected. Right, if it were the Trump vaccine. That's, That's an interesting, interesting question. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think we would probably be in the same boat, you know, up to about 75% of the country vaccinating the rest, saying, no way am I taking the Trump vaccine. Well, you know, going back to long-term consequences, uh, I'm 78. So long term, I may not be here anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Joe doesn't get to have any long term. But see, you might live to be 100. I might. You're healthy and you eat satisfactorily. and uh, Go to the gym every day. Right. You exercise and uh, you keep your brain going, which I think is part of this. You know, you're always engaged in things. I'm always proud to say and compliment you saying even in your decline state, you're smarter (laughs) than me. So... That's called damning by faint praise. <laughs> but you don't like that compliment. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, you're going downhill, but you're still But better. I'll tell you what, you're rolling faster than other people in the wheelchair. So for good for you. You're you're rolling right into the cemetery, but you're not through the gate yet. Well, no. <clears throat> One foot in the banana yeah. peel, the other. <laughs> On the gra- open grave, right? On the open grave, isn't, right. Isn't that the picture you draw? I don't know. I'm not drawing that picture. Right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. You can go ahead and read that now. Jeff. All right, we have a call coming in, and we have Lisa who says, "Good morning. I just heard a caller named John. How refreshing! Someone without a chip on their shoulder that is thankful to live in our great country. I appreciate callers like him. I have to sometimes turn the program off when others call in. Have a pleasant day and be kind." All right, thank you, Lisa. Appreciate that. Yeah, John, a refreshing voice of rational, intelligent patriotism and. And uh, I think he's obviously studied this a bit, and he says, why can't you get that darn vaccine? All right, 1-800-795-9565. Oh, Dan, last caller before a quickie break. Go ahead, sir. You're on the mark. Hey, good morning. Well, the gentleman John called in tried to compare the polio vaccine to this quote-unquote so-called vaccine. It's a serum. Yeah, it's yeah, gene therapy. But anyhow, the polio vaccine was tested, like he said, on a select amount of people for two years before they gave it to the rest of us out here. We weren't the guinea pigs. Already it was tested and proved. In this serum they're using, you are the guinea pig. They don't know all the outcome they only had they had, in a couple months they had it out because you know so well, first of all we we know that they've been doing research on these types of vaccines and they are they are our DNA or whatever they call it, these types of vaccines have existed for about 10 years, and we know that they have worked in that over that 10-year period. But you're right, we don't have a 50-year study. We don't have a 100-year study of smallpox vaccines either, but everybody gets well, them. 
the, the polio was done two years, and they knew there was no adverse effects from the polio. And everybody that got that polio vaccine, every I don't know anybody that got the polio after that. We And the government did not have to mandate us to go get it. I mean, everybody was in line. And I talk about my Mennonite friends. And them. they were in the high school at Mifflinburg lining up to get that vaccine. Now our Mennonite friends are not interested in taking this serum. I just talked with one Saturday, and they're not lining up to get it. Let me ask you a question, Dan. Did you take the swine flu vaccine back in the 70s? No. I, I had... And yet, the only there were no long-term ill effects from that. The only ill effects were kind of short-term, and some people got Guillain-Barre syndrome. But you know, and that was that was a vaccine that was also uh, produced in a rather fast fashion. And I remember lining up at the time we were in Western Pennsylvania. I remember lining up at my my son's elementary school, and we all got the shot. Yeah, uh, no, I didn't get that one in. I started having bad effects from taking all the flu shots, and besides that, I got the flu when I took it. Well, I know it was a different strain, so I stopped getting the flu shots because I got sick for almost a week back when I was still employed, and I I could barely get to work from receiving the shot, so I I stopped getting them, but. Uh, they, Dr. Cahill, Dolores Cahill from Ireland, she's an immunologist, microbiologist, and she experiments with all these for 20 years. And she recommended last December, do not, do not take the vaccine. The ill effects could outdo the good they do. And she was just on the radio a couple days ago, and she hasn't changed her story one bit. And she has, if you get on, she's from Ireland, by the way, Joe. I know you're like that. And she has, a, you get online with her, and she has her sources where she got the 18 thousand seven hundred and some at that time that died from the vaccine from taking it <laughs> and that's not within two weeks within two weeks after you get the vaccine if you die that's not counted so i don't know how many people died from getting the vaccine within two weeks but she has the eighteen thousand seven hundred and some that died from the vaccine after getting it. Now, not everybody dies, praise the Lord for that. And, but she said, you're better off taking some of the other preventive measures than taking the vaccine. How, where, where is this study that shows 18,000 people die? She has it. Who, Dr. Doctor, Doctor, Dr. Dolores Cahill from Ireland. And how, how, is she, how has she verified that, Dan? 
I, I can't tell yet. But you're I, quoting you're, it as if she's telling the truth. Do you know that she is? Do you, did you study sure. her what her her data that makes it clear that she's well, telling the I, I, facts as they are? I can say that just as well as well as people call the high priest of of COVID, Dr. Fauci. He's he's the liberals' high priest of COVID nineteen. They go to him. Oh, oh, please, Dr. Fauci. What's your next mandate gonna be? She's an equally a scientist. Go talk to Dr. Dr. Uh, Paul, what's his name from Kentucky? Rand Paul. Paul. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm looking at a headline. Him. I'm looking at a headline here that says, as of March 11th, federal health officials say there is no evidence linking deaths reported after vaccination and the vaccinations themselves. That was published Friday, March 12th, 2021. Well, you get, you get on, you can get her, and you get on. She was. No, but why on, do you choose to believe? Roar. Why do you choose to believe her instead of the federal government? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> oh, I think you answered your own question. Evidence, <laughs> evidence, evidence. People are still getting the COVID-19 after they, after Dr. Fauci originally told us. You'll be safe. You won't get it if you get the so-called vaccine. All right, now we got to move on. getting it and dying. It. I know of people are out that died from COVID-19 that had the vaccine. So it's it 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 was a lie. You and that's you got to go by other people's. All evidence. right, we got to go. Yep, well, yeah, but you, you're going by other people's evidence. You choose to believe a, a woman from Ireland over the federal government and the health <laughs> administration. <laughs> not Joe, you're not helping earn, the case. She has two earned degrees. Well, do you think the people at the health degrees, administration... They don't hand them out willy-nilly. Well, you think Dr. Fauci's degree was handed out willy-nilly? <laughs> nope, he went to the willy-nilly willy medical school. Okay. He's, not a, he's not playing a doctor anymore. He's playing the high priest right, in America of COVID-19. We got you, Do Dan. what he okay. says. He's right. Well, not necessarily. Not right. necessarily right. We got you. Thank, you, thank you. Thank you. And I have to stop. Yep, I you just, guys have a great... Okay, there we go. I, I, <laughs> thank you. I, I don't believe the government, you know, and I find a lot of fault with the government. They're trying to kill us, Joe. Come on. I just find a lot of fault with the government, but I don't believe they would, unless... I mean, maybe they would. I don't know. Maybe maybe Dan's right. Maybe they were after, you know, look at what they did to Tuskegee, to black men with venereal disease. Sure, rounding up so, Japanese-Americans. Well, no, that wasn't that wasn't a health issue. That was a political issue. Oh, I got issue. you. Okay. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Speedy dialer only. Probably going to have room for one more caller. I want to tell you about a vehicle I got to drive yesterday. Very nice 2021 Ford Ranger. Four-door with a five-foot bed. Uh, plenty of room for anything when you put the tailgate down. It is just super long. Plus, it's got a power outlet. Maybe that's going to be standard equipment in the bed of the truck. When the engine's running, you can run 1,000 watts uh, through through the bed of the truck. It has a one 
110 AC power outlet. Now, this is an XLT truck, which means it's got power everything. You really don't have to do anything manually. You don't even have to open the tailgate by hand. Uh, just gorgeous interior. has that, uh, what they call a cactus gray. It's like that dark gray that is nice. And 10-speed uh, automatic transmission, 2.3-liter EcoBoost start-stop motor. So the gasoline mileage on that going to be up above 25 miles to the gallon on the highway. Be, uh, beyond that, you'll hit 30 at times so going from exit to exit. And this is with a Ranger. It wasn't that long ago. You wouldn't buy a Ford Ranger just for the gas mileage. It's just easier to park. But now they got it all. They got, Of course, everything's got airbags today, but electronic power assist, steering lane holders, uh, dual climate control, has a locking glove compartment. Joe, are you ready for that? A locking glove yes. compartment. Yes. I remember one of those in my, <laughs> my 1963 car. And this is a ton of truck for $39,000. Actually, it's two tons of truck, but uh, regardless, it is just a fantastic value. And where? Sunbury Motor Company. Sunburymotors.com. Call us now. Speedy Dialer, 1-800-795-9565. We've got some emails and texts to look at. We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Lots of words on the screen there. You can pick and choose anywhere you yes, want to go. Yes, uh, one of our texters says, Thank God we have guinea pigs to test vaccines. Otherwise, we would have many more deaths. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. So we're the guinea pigs, right? Thanks, Bob. Uh -oh. Okay. Uh, another texter says, I appreciate John's call, too. I disagree with him, but I can still appreciate his call. And another take on John, this one not so yeah. favorable, says this guy is living in fear, terrible way to live. He didn't sound very fearful. He, <laughs> he didn't sound pretty, fearful to me. Pretty either. calm to me. And another call, another texter agrees with me. Yes, the long-term effects of COVID vax is the issue. Polyvax had long-term testing before use, so it's a poor example. And then the New England Journal of Medicine letter to the editor. Qatar study of 265, 265,000 individuals, net immunity is as good or better than the vaccine. Right. Natural immunity, I'm sorry. Na right. said well, nat immunity. Yeah, send us the link about that. I'm not that. immune from a nat, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't spelled with a K. Oh, all right. Well, it was pronounced that way. We never know exactly what our listeners uh, yeah, we, we speculate what we we think they might be. Right. All right, so you ignore this uh, tomorrow. That's uh, no text tomorrow because Joe doesn't hasn't memorized. And then the one sequence. of our emailers says the only difference, sir, is that vaccines of the past did not need boosters every three weeks. <laughs> what what if you got Johnson and Johnson? When did you get your first booster? Is it are they boosting six weeks? Johnson and Johnson? Yes, oh, yes, okay. yes, yes. But with what more Johnson and six Johnson weeks, or I think, yes. 
I just read a study that Moderna provides a slight more protection than Pfizer. Which one did you get? Moderna. Good for you. Okay, so you and I are Club Moderna. Yeah, well, you know, the, o- the only thing that bothers me, I noticed they're saying you can mix and match these vaccines. And if you had, if you get a booster, you can get a, uh, a Pfizer booster for Moderna. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like that idea myself. I, I don't know that there's anything wrong with it. Dr. But it, McGranahan it says seems don't to me do you, that. you go home with the girl you brought to the dance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as long as she says yes. All right, uh, let's see. Another listener says, if the so-called vaccination uh, does not prevent one from getting the virus, why is the term breakthrough applicable? Well, that's an interesting. Well, that's question. a good question, but I think it it does it it does exactly what the listener says. It doesn't eliminate the possibility. It does prevent you. So when you do get it, it is still considered a breakthrough because most people are prevented from time. getting it. This is WKOK Sunbury. Enjoy your day off. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right. You're listening to WKOK Sunbury. Time for the Dan Patrick Show. <laughs> 